I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up, she says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up. She says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar, and before we get started with the t- today's podcast, I wanted to share with you a few announcements about what's going on in the Womb Centered Healing Temple. As you may have listened to in previous announcements, I've been working on the Biomystical Womb book, and that book has birthed another book, the um, Herbal Womb Wellness Workbook. And that book is now available for pre-order through Indiegogo. So I'll be sharing the links the link to pre-order your copy of that book, and I'll be sharing um podcast episodes uh, exclusively about that that book uh, coming soon. So keep an eye out for those podcasts. And I also want to share that I've revived uh, the first podcast that I created, um, which was all about sharing about my poetry. And I've uh, updated that podcast name to be writing from the womb. So there's a second podcast that you can listen to if you like this podcast. The Writing from the Womb podcast focuses on authors and poets who are womb-centered in their writing and in their writing process. So I'm sure you'll enjoy that podcast. You can find it on Anchor and all the other, um, and YouTube and all the other podcast platforms that you find this one on. And then the third thing I want to announce is that the second cohort of the Biomystical Womb Apprenticeship will be starting on October 31st. And you can find out more about that. We're super excited. We have a whole graduating class of mentors that are graduating who attended the first 13-month apprenticeship program and are graduating as mentors to support the new apprentices coming in for this second cohort. So you can learn more about that by going to wombcenteredhealing.com. And I really hope to see you uh, in one of these um 
places very, very soon. So um, those are the announcements for now. And this is for fall um, 2020. And I welcome you to the podcast and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Salma Morningstar and I have Lisa Pranzo on here with me for a part two. Uh, Lisa was on the podcast a while ago. You may have recently listened to um, that podcast where we talked about Lisa's uh, Womb Centered Healing journey and we were just starting to get into some um, juicy discussion about uh, the about women and fitness and how we can uh, work with the menstrual cycle, how the menstrual cycle can guide our, our fitness endeavors, our exercise and how we move our bodies and how we um, support our bodies with activity, like physical activity, and also nutrition and how we can uh, nourish ourselves in these uh, female or menstruating bodies, if you will, because um, there are some menstruators out there who don't identify as female or feminine. So, and the menstruating bodies need very specific, different kinds of exercise, fitness uh, practices and nutrition. So I'm so looking forward to having this discussion with you, Lisa. I invite you to go ahead and um, introduce yourself a bit more and um, share what's what's on top for you on this topic right now. I'm so excited to be back. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited to see your face too. I know we were talking before we got on about the wildfires and I'm because we're both California based. I'm so, so glad to hear that you guys have been staying safe because it's nerve wracking a little bit, but yeah. I'm glad we were able to take the time out of our day to be able to have this chat together. So to reintroduce myself, I'm Lisa Pranzo. I'm the CEO and founder of A Healthful Life, which is an online-based fitness and nutrition platform. It is specifically designed for women, specifically for moms, um, to help either regain where their fitness game was or to be able to level up with where they want their fitness game to go. So I think the last time we were talking and we were talking about my journey and kind of how I came into all of this and we were kind of wrapping up with speaking about, you know, the female body in relation to working out in relation to food and how that can impact our health and our well-being. And then we both were like, okay, podcast recording, we're wrapping it up. And then we're like, this is so good. We can't stop talking about it. So I'm glad you're able to have me back on. And I will say that um, a lot of what I'll probably be covering today is stuff that I have learned and that I teach to the women that I train. Um, from more of an intuitive standpoint of really understanding where your body is and how it functions. And I really encourage women to listen to their own bodies when it comes to their fitness and when it comes to their food, because we are so uniquely us when it comes to hormone levels and menstruating and, you know, childbirth and how we recover from all of that. And it's, been a really powerful journey for me to be able to help as many women as I've been able to help 
and to help them really step into that like beautiful womanhood and being able to give to themselves from a basis of understanding how their body works. So I'm excited. All I'm right. Excited. Yeah. Just... <laughs> well, um, I'd be curious just to sort of refresh listeners. If you can highlight um, some aspect of your personal journey. Uh, I know we talked about this in depth in the previous podcast. So if you really want to go in depth listeners, then I, I encourage you to find the, the first podcast episode with Lisa, but perhaps you can just highlight uh, a moment in your journey when you realized that you needed to approach fitness and nutrition differently than what you had learned previously because of your um, awareness of needing to nourish yourself as a menstruating woman, as a mom, as a, a female-bodied person, um, that you needed something different than what you'd been taught or what you had become accustomed to on your fitness journey up until then? I think for me, it kind of came twofold like there was a like a baby epiphany and then a bigger epiphany so the baby epiphany for me was um after i got hurt and i think i talked about this on the first podcast mm -hmm. and i was recovering from that and really stepping into my strength and my power the first little and i say little epiphany because i don't think i was as in touch with my body as i am now but I started having this feeling of like, I don't move like the person next to me. I, you know, there were definite times during the month, whether I was ovulating or I was menstruating when I definitely noticed I needed to approach things in my life differently. And that was from my body giving me, you know, your body gives you feedback, right? And it was from me getting that feedback, but not really embracing it that much at that point. It was kind of like, well, I feel more tired. I would think I was looking at it more from a very surface level feeling. And then after I had my daughter and I was in, you know, recovery stage from that because I had an emergency C-section with her, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to and giving my body what it needed in terms of exercise and nutrition and my body giving me this feedback of like, this is not working for me. This is not working for me. And what I got that feedback through was a tremendous amount of digestion issues, which for me, everything is tied back to your gut health. Like there's so much, like the health of your gut is so, so important. And I started intermittent fasting and I started looking at my workouts differently and then it all stopped working. <laughs> and I got, you know, as someone who has over 10 years of experience in the fitness industry and all these things, I got really frustrated and I felt super defeated. Like, why, is, why are all the things that I'm trying, nothing's working for me. I don't feel strong in my body. I don't feel confident in my body. And what can I do to change that? I'm really fortunate that I am in a place where I know that I have support to make those sort of changes. So it was like, okay, how can I start looking at this sort of thing differently? So I started, you know, searching and seeing how I could find solutions. And I started finding 
it was kind of like in the depths of like Instagram and the internet of approaching fitness from a standpoint of being a woman and not a fitness professional. And when I started reading up on it, and then when I started listening to it within my own body, practical application, I, it was like this huge light bulb of like, where have I been all of these years? Like, I'm very basically put, right? Because unless you have access to a doctor that's doing blood draws regularly, where you can see where your hormones are, you really do have to tune in and figure out where things are at when you're in your cycle. I started listening to my body and it was like, okay, I know right around now I'm going to ovulate and I'm going to be more tired. I'm going to have, you know, X, Y, Z going on. I don't like to call it symptoms. It just is like how my body feels. And what can I do fitness wise to support that process? That's so important. That's going on in my body and so vital for my body to experience. And I kind of want to pause it for a second right there, not the recording, but to tell the listeners that part of the reason why I really valued that was I had PCOS um, and I knew that I had it. I didn't know what it was and I didn't have a name or a label for it, but I knew when I was like 16 that what was happening in my body wasn't typical. And it wasn't until I was 29 that I actually found a doctor who listened to me and ran a proper blood panel to diagnose it. Um, and obviously it was harder for me because the way that the doctor explained it to me was it could be either a hereditary thing or a weight related thing. And for me, it was a hereditary thing, which presents a whole other like litany of issues when it comes to like fertility and all that stuff, but also reversing it. So long story short, I was able to reverse it on my own. And so now that I am for the first time really ever on like a very, you know, quote unquote, traditional cycle schedule, I really do embrace it because for me, I, I didn't have that. You know, I never had that growing up. I could go like months without having a period. And I was always told like, oh yeah, that can totally happen. Mm, not when you're like 18, not when you're like 20, we should be looking at things differently, but I didn't know. I like just truly didn't know. So now that I have it, I'm like, how can I honor my body even more? Okay, so I know I'm ovulating and this is how I'm gonna feel. So what kind of workouts can I do that help me during that time so that I can still feel like I'm moving my body and I feel like I'm giving to myself and I'm taking care of myself. For me, working out is a tremendous source of stress relief as well. How can I do that without overexerting myself and potentially hurting myself as a result? And then it became the same for when I'm menstruating as well. And, you know, I'm not, I don't know where my hormone levels lie because I'm not getting like those blood draws or whatever, but it became a very intuitive process. And so now when I train women, I, it doesn't start like this big old thing, but I train them to do the same. A lot of the women that I train are very in touch with how their cycle functions within their body and really encouraging them to listen to that. So if you know when you're ovulating, 
you know, you might feel more fatigued or you might have certain like body feelings that arise. Like what can we do for you so that you can still feel like you're moving forward on your fitness that will respect your body. Knowing that when that time is done, we can go and do other things. And then when you're menstruating, we can, you know, take it back a notch. For me, it almost feels like giving my body a chance to rest so that it can facilitate that other process, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. You know, and what I'm loving hearing about what you're describing is a huge shift uh, from the typical narrative in the fitness industry that talks about dominating your physical body, mind over matter, making your body do it, even if you don't feel good, you, you know, pushing through the pain. There's such a, a, a narrative about that with, from, you know, with a lot of the fitness industry that, um, that you came to this realization that, wait a second, this, what's going on in my body is precious and it's valuable and it's important and it, it needs to be honored and listened to instead of ignoring ignored and dismissed and and i just hear how i want to you know celebrate you for uh, you know having this experience of being ignored and then finally being listened to and and receiving that experience as a lesson like well wow what a difference that felt when you were ignored for all those years by doctors and even family members and friends that you were saying something's not right and everybody was like no nah, you're fine right and then finally somebody says actually let's take a deeper look at what's going on with you and they listen to you and suddenly you're like yeah, I knew that all along. I fit, that feels like that was really impactful moment. And that and that started this maybe that was even like a pre-baby epiphany of <laughs> in that moment for you. <laughs> saying, wait a second, what would it be like if I listened to my own self and insisted that what I knew all along was really true? And 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 that and so so then now that's what you're doing. That's what I see you putting into practice with each of these baby epiphanies and bigger epiphanies of like, what if I listen to my own uh, wisdom that's arising? What if I listen to my own body and, and take that as valuable information, not as something to push through, push past, override, dismiss, but actually something to listen to with valuable information, shifting the whole relationship uh, between you, your, you know, what your mind thinks your life is supposed to be about and what your body is telling you your life is supposed to be about as though those were two separate things, right? <laughs> when it really is an integrated whole. Yeah. Well, and on that note, I mean, I will say this like kind of deeper level thought that we're talking about wasn't something that was an immediate thing for me. It was something that it came about over time and it came about through me, you know, really looking with a critical eye at my profession and at my industry and realizing that a lot of the research out there that is fitness based or intermittent fasting based or nutritionally based is based off of a man. And, you know, I love my men and I love my husband and all that, but it, 
they're a very stereotypical male is not necessarily experiencing the same hormonal fluctuations as a woman. Like my husband versus me, our hormones look completely different as they should. And you would expect. So it was me going, okay, so this, this adage of like mind over matter when you're in a really difficult workout. And I can completely appreciate the mind over matter, pushing your limits as a means to get stronger. Asterisk, when it's appropriate. And I've always told my clients when it's appropriate, when it's appropriate. And I think a lot of that comes from my background of having so many previous injuries. And then it was thinking about it in terms of my cycle as well. Is it appropriate for me to push my body to that extent when my body has this very big other process that it's going through. And I mean, I know I'm not alone when it comes to like how challenging menstruating can be for some women and, you know, painful aspects and the, like all of that stuff. It can be a lot. It's when you think about it on like a bigger scientific scale, I guess for me, I'm like, man, I'm so impressed with what my body can do. Like, this is amazing. But if I know my body's going through this really big process, why, not why, but is it appropriate for me to push to that degree on a workout? Am I going to see the kind of results that I want to see? from that workout if i'm pushing to that degree or am i going to potentially do detrimental harm to myself well you know this is a really good question too because okay so there's the big process of menstruation right which is a natural healthy in fact vital important process for us to go through and we've been taught and this is a source of so much of our suffering and pain not only as individuals but as a society We've been taught to override and dismiss that just across the board and and try to just do everything that we would normally do with no regard to that and to strive to do things like men with, you know, to totally dismiss and disregard menstruation. Okay, so there's that. Well, and it sounds like from what you were talking about in our previous one, you started to wake up to how this wasn't working, not only when you were listened to finally by the doctor about your menstruation, but also in your recovery from an injury. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to point out how there's other reasons besides the phases of menstruation uh, when that approach to... um, to uh, fitness of pushing past what your body's telling you might actually be detrimental. And that you already began that process in recovery from a a serious injury uh, of saying, wait a second, these messages from my body are valid Mm -hmm. and it's not beneficial to me in this circumstance of healing from a serious injury to push past those limitations because they're there for a reason. They're protecting me from re-injuring myself and they're trying to help me to um, sustain this significant healing process. Mm-hmm. And I think that's and, the case for a lot of people may, might not be an injury, but could be like a chronic illness. I know, um, you know, I know several people who have I- uh, inflammation based or autoimmune based illnesses mm-hmm. 
at a certain point, you know, our society and our diets and all this uh, adds up to a lot of people having serious uh, uh, ongoing illnesses that they that require attention. And that kind of pushing through and pushing past just causes more inflammation, more autoimmune response, all of that. And, and so I love how this, this different approach, how menstruation is actually teaching us how we can approach, how everyone can approach um, fitness and, and exercise and all of that in a more healthy way that addresses everybody's need in any given place that they're at, whether, you know, regardless of gender, whether they're menstruating or not. I know there's, you know, my husband, for example, he has, you know, he has to really closely monitor and listen to his body. And, and when he tried to be in the fitness industry himself, he went through a similar process as you described because of his own specific health needs. And, and it's not just menstruators that need to listen to the body, you know. So what were you going to say? I kind of kept going, even though it sounded like <laughs> I, I like that because what you're saying is it, it's like the biofeedback, right? And being intuitive with that process. And for me, it was letting go of like my ego and where society thought I should be and where I thought I should be as a result of all of that when it came to like how much weight I could lift or what I could do in a Pilates studio or whatever and saying, okay, well, if I'm feeling this way, you know, and then my workout ends up not being as fulfilling for me as a result, I end up feeling super defeated and then I don't want to do it the next day. And if I feel that way with all the knowledge and all the stuff that I have, then how does my client feel who has, you know, limited time to take care of herself in a workout and doesn't have that background to say, okay, I don't need to beat myself up because the workout didn't go as planned. What if we shift that thinking? What if we shift how we approach it completely and say, okay, we know this week you're going to be menstruating. And we know that day two, day three are going to be particularly very difficult on your body. What can we do instead? That make you feel fulfilled, that make you feel accomplished, and that make you feel successful. Because for me, this isn't the 30-day fix. This is the lifestyle that we're choosing to have is to be healthy. And health has to include every single aspect. It is not just a matter of doing 30 days on some very rigid and strict program and then being done with it. it and I think that mindset started when I was recovering from the injury because I mean, I can very distinctly remember um, I had gone through my surgeries. I had gone through the PT. I was walking again without assistance and I kept going and getting cortisone shots from my doctor because I knew if I got the cortisone shot, I could turn around and run and I wanted to run. And there was a lot of psychological stuff going on that made me want to run, but I wanted it. And I remember it must've been on like cortisone shot number six. And she sat me down and she said, I don't want to see you back here unless I can cut you open again. 
that was her. She's extremely assertive doctor. I love her. She was, <laughs> I said, I, I, I got to disclaim that. She was a personality I needed at the time because she was absolutely no BS with absolutely every person, including me. And she said that she was like, unless I'm cutting you open, I don't want to see you back here. And she said, you have to take a critical look at the decisions that you're making in terms of your health, because you're 21 years old at the time. What do you want life to look like when you're 30? What do you want life to look like when you're 60? Do you want to be able to support the weight of a pregnancy? Do you want to be able to walk without assistance? How do you want things to go? And it was just like, oh, I mean, you know, 21, I was 21. So I was like, not, that wasn't in my realm of thought. And, but then I really started thinking about it. Like, how do I want the quality of my life to be? Do I want other people to have to take care of me because I've made poor decisions and I'm unable to take care of myself? So this like, doctor was, was laying it out for you that if mm -hmm. you continued to force your body to perform at the level that you'd grown accustomed to on top of this injury without getting it giving it adequate time to recover and without adjusting your approach to the fact that you had had a, a very serious injury that required multiple surgeries to to put you back together i mean this is a big deal and this doctor really helped you wake up to that fact and, and start making better choices and listen to the fact, instead of like drugging yourself to be able to keep running, to say, wait a second here, that's gonna be long-term detrimental to me. That's gonna mm -hmm. jeopardize my ability to be able to walk even, or even have a baby and be able to walk when I'm pregnant down the line. Yeah, I might be able to run today and get that fix of, of uh, whatever it is, uh, the, the, what's that hormone that we get? Oh, the endorphin endorphin right? Get that endorphin rush that makes me feel on top of the world. And, you know, and I feel like that's what a lot of like hardcore super fitness people are really hooked on that. And that's part of, and it's a beautiful thing to be able to um, regulate our nervous system in that way. And that deep relaxation and that feel good feeling that we have. And there are many other ways to do that that do not body. I am a perfect testament of that. I have never enjoyed intense athleticism. And I'm all about feeling good and not being stressed out. And I could train you on any number of ways to get the same kind of relaxation, stress relief, and all of that that doesn't abuse your body. And so, but many of us have that initial, uh, who are people who are really into intense athleticism, I think might, might just rely on that. And it's not sustainable necessarily over the course of their entire life, especially if they've had an injury, especially if they're female or a menstruator and, and, and don't honor the, the the intense process that that is to be a menstruator and and end up very depleted later on in life because there have there hasn't been that attention to nourishing and replenishment of the body and just continually exerting 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 mm -hmm. and that word depleted yeah. is so appropriate because that's what was happening as i was depleted and then i was also depleted nutritionally so then it was 
looking at, you know, after I had my daughter, I started intermittent fasting and then I started diving similar to how I did it with the fitness stuff into intermittent fasting and look at looking at it differently as a menstruating woman. So switching how I do that in relation to my cycle. And I will tell you now, because I've tweaked it like 5,000 times and all that kind of stuff. And my clients who want to intermittent fast, I walk them through it and teach them how to do it in ways that are appropriate for them, which might not be the same way that I do it. It's ways that are appropriate to them and honor their body. And I know for me, I feel stronger and better. And I also like all the gains that you want to have I've had, but I've had it from a place of being super respectful to myself and not being depleted and not feeling like I'm so deprived that I can't give to the people around me. Because at the end of the day, like that's the, one of the biggest priorities as a woman, as a mother for me is taking care of my tribe. And using fitness as a means of self-care to fill my cup so that I can give to people in my tribe without doing it from a place of deprivation. And being able to step into that has been more powerful than anything else I have ever done. And it's, it, it was one of those things, Sama, that like after I got the hang of it, I was like, dude, where are you been? Like, girl, this is so natural. And so intuitive, why didn't you realize this earlier? Mm -hmm. But I just didn't, I didn't have those lessons. I didn't have the tools in place. You know, I didn't have the education when it comes to that. And, you know, I was looking online again with like the intermittent fasting and a lot of it was related to a man's body. Well, you know, the, the reason why we don't have that is because we've been taught something that's contrary to that. And we've had that indoctrination that we have to then unlearn. You know, we've been taught to be shameful about our menstruation. We've been taught to disregard the importance of menstruation. We've been taught to um, override the messages of our body and not listen to them. You know, it's that whole indoctrination takes some unlearning because it's actually indoctrinated upon us quite violently and through a lot of trauma throughout our childhood that we achieve that indoctrination. So a lot of that unlearning is about trauma recovery and, um, you know, re mm-hmm. unlearning what we learned in the, in the traumatizing circumstances of our upbringing and our schooling and all of that. And so, so that can take a minute to get back to the, the natural um, instincts to wake them up again because they got suppressed and, and we were told not to listen to that and that's not valid so many times in so many traumatizing ways that our nervous system just got in the habit of overriding and dismissing that. And so I just mm-hmm. want to normalize that for you uh, to ha- be have another like easier on yourself moment. Uh, for all of us, we might be listening. Why didn't I hear this sooner? Why didn't I understand this uh, You know, sooner? Is that it's because there's been this huge indoctrination process that goes back generations 
uh, and that it's built in fundamentally into our social structures and systems and family systems and all of that. And that it's a huge recovery process and unlearning process. So I just want to normalize that for you and listeners that, that um, we don't need to beat ourselves up for the fact that we are awakening out from underneath this huge um, blanket of ignorance <laughs> around these matters. <laughs> it's like we finally get to the edge and we're like, oh my God, some fresh air. Where have I been? Well, you've been under this huge blanket of, of indoctrination. So anyway, what, carry on with what you were saying. I had to pipe in. I, I mean, for me, like the most, I guess like the simplest and most blaring example of all of that is like the first OBGYN I ever had. Um, was like, oh, we're just going to put you on the birth control that you never get your period. And I know that that's like super common and, you know, birth control, all of that, that's a person's individual decision for sure. For me, it was not understanding the PCOS side of things. And then when I found the doctor who I still have him now, he's amazing. Um, like I seriously, I will ask him medical questions before I'll go to like anyone else because he really does listen. And uh, after I had my child and I was deciding what route of birth control to go, he actually encouraged me to go with something non-hormonal. And he was like, you know, you're doing all this work. I was, I had reversed my PCOS through nutrition um, and with intermittent fasting being a part of that, he was shocked and awed and super excited about it because he was like, this is super rare. And he was like, if we can get this under control and, you know, you don't mind, he put it as you don't mind having your period once a month, which I truly didn't because it's kind of like a novelty still in a way for me. Um, he was like, we can get your body like really back on track. I just, I just have to jump in here with this whole attitude, and this is so telling, that the one doctor that you found that actually listens to you and is working with you in this um, really unique and complex system that you're working out for yourself still has this attitude about not minding having your, <laughs> your period, as though the normal thing is to resent having your period and wish it would right. stop. And that is so normal for so many people, instead of what, how, instead of it being an intrinsic part of how life is designed and how we're designed, and that mm -hmm. it's a, this blessed, sacred thing that deserves to be revered, that we have this powerful capacity to generate new life, and, and that we need to be celebrating our menstrual our, our menstruation every month so we're so you know just seeing how even that the best doctor that you have that you love is still espousing this if you don't mind having your period every month instead of saying if you want to celebrate your period every month and the fact that you finally um achieved this you know done all this healing to you know get back to this natural rhythm that's so beautiful and healthy Right? He didn't say any of those things. <laughs> That's why you're on no, the podcast because I mean, I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I felt like, given the fact that this is a Western doctor, yes, that he yes, was like, yes. 
but I get what you're saying. And I feel like a lot of that is probably because he is have women who go in who are like, I don't have time for my period. Uh-huh. And he you know, it's like what they need and what they want because they're fully mm-hmm. in that whole mindset and not wanting to have to deal with it. Right. it regardless of the fact that being on the pill your whole life is terribly detrimental for your health and puts you at greater risk for health problems uh, the, old, the longer you're on it. And, um, you know, and doctors, and maybe he warns them about that. May, if he's really as good as you say, I imagine he might, you know, uh, but that he, he's sort of landing somewhere in the middle there, you know, <laughs> like, like the Western con- construct of yeah. medicine. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I give him a lot of credit too, because being able to have that approach, I have felt from doing this that my own personal like fitness game and my own nutrition, my own health and well-being is like light years ahead of where I was when I even started in the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. It, it's absolutely amazing to me in the best of ways. I didn't think that I would be able to be this strong and I'd be able to you know do the things that I do and support the level of fitness that I can support regardless of where I am in my cycle. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't mind it at all. This is not an inconvenience to me. For me, it's so cool to be that in touch with my body that I know like, okay, I'm dialing it back a notch this week. It doesn't mean that I'm not moving or giving to my body. It's just in a different way. And there's no shame in that. But I think that we need to establish that, like there is no shame in giving your body what it needs. And there's no shame in switching things up. In fact, in fact, that's what you should do. In fact, no, no, not only is there no shame in that, there shouldn't be any shame in that. Shaming that is part of the reason why so many people suffer and and are in pain and have chronic illness. In mm-hmm. fact, that is the way that we're designed as menstruators. That is uh, in the divine plan, if you will. That and that is what actually generates strength is having mm-hmm. a cyclical nature. If you look at the planet, if you look at the seasons of the year. That's what generates vibrant life to have cycles of rest and renewal and rest and renewal and rest. That's what makes a wheel go round and get from one place to the other. That's what's creating this wonderful glow that we see on Lisa's face and the spark in Sama's eye is that, that cyclical nature that we need to be celebrating, not saying, oh, I don't have to be ashamed for honoring it, which is a good place to start. But what I want to invite listeners and you too, Lisa, to come to is I'm celebrating the superpower that I've discovered that's taken my fitness to a whole nother place that I'm able to serve all these people to really find that place because if they tried to do it the other way, they would end up depleted by the end of their life, just like your doctor uh, who was helping you recover from your injury warned you about. And it's and even if you didn't have a big injury like that, and we can thank that injury, 
for bringing you to that place of recognizing, you know, does that this constant pushing to perform at a higher and higher level that doesn't allow for the natural healing and recovery and mm-hmm. and regenerative powers of the body to come into play that overrides all that those do not ultimately produce sustainable strength just like the constant consumption of resources from mother earth do not produce sustainable societies as we're discovering in our bouts with wildfire and all of the different um, climate change uh, troubles that we're having in, in, in our world right now. It does not produce, it is not sustainable. That approach to life is not sustainable. What is sustainable is what nature shows us how to do, what our bodies show us how to do, which is to be in this cyclical uh, rhythm of exertion growth building and then rest release yes relaxation and so it it not only is it i'm not ashamed of it i'm celebrating it and i encourage everyone listening to do the same (laughs) that we can remember what really truly is sustainable and harmonious for our bodies and and our movement so i just you just got me going there no i love that though because for me like while you were speaking and I was thinking about like the sustainability aspect and how vital that rest period is to the sustainability aspect. And when I look at that from a very like practical standpoint of what has happened in my life, when I did not give myself the opportunity to rest, I was getting sick a lot more. I was getting injured a lot more. I was even like depression, anxiety issues were much more prevalent. And I didn't realize how essential that rest period was until I started taking it. Now, rest assured, (laughs) it was something that I did fight in the beginning because it was so counterintuitive to me. And it took a lot of months for me to be like, okay, no, this is truly what I need. And the lot of months for me to realize that was me going, okay, I rest, I rested and back into it. I feel stronger. And having that like positive biofeedback that accumulated over time that got me to where I am now is what makes me go, okay, like we're good. The rest is a necessity. Mm. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I'm so glad to hear you say that. And it's so not just something to not be ashamed of needing, right? right? It's an actual necessity and a, an essential part yeah. of this generation of strength and health and wellness. And, yeah, and when I train my clients to it, they start noticing the same thing as well. Like I feel better. And you know, it has to start on like the surface level, right? So it usually starts as like, I don't feel as fatigued. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a win. We're recognizing an emotion, how we feel in our body, and then we move forward. Mm -hmm. And then on a deeper level, as time goes on and they continue to recognize it, they look forward to it. Let me give myself a chance to step back when it comes to fitness. And for me, that's a really beautiful thing because if you look at life in general, and I think everyone can agree on this, like we're adulting like crazy everyone's busy. Life is very chaotic. There's so many things pulling our way. The days are 
can have frenetic en uh, energy and seem out of control for some people some of the time too. And there's so much power in stepping back and how giving yourself that rest period allows you to step forward in an even bigger way and an even more authentic way for those around you. So they start to look forward to that rest period because they know I'm going to feel better when this is over. Whereas before it would have been mind over matter. We're pushing through this. This should not deter me or what I'm doing. I'm going to make the same choices oh, and like pounding into the sand. And then they don't feel as good. They feel run down. They feel depleted. They feel tired. They don't have the energy that they need. They don't have the patience that they need. Yeah. And they feel like that maybe it starts for a few days and then it goes into a week and then it's two weeks and then it's eventually becomes an all the time feeling and then for me what i've seen is that all the time feeling ends up doing this weird transition in our bodies where we end up getting sick or we end up getting injured and it's your body's way of telling you like back off yeah stop it like stop you have to stop mm -hmm. and again that goes back to you know the conversations that i had with my doctor what do you want your life to look like I know that's very like big level thinking, <laughs> but it is something that you have to think about. What does being healthy mean for you and what your life will look like? And the, not just that, but the quality of what your life will be. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I want to thank you again, Lisa, for coming on here and, and sharing about this. I'm, I'm sure that listeners um, who are interested in fitness, but uh, not sure if if they could do that norm that usual approach are going to be refreshed to hear your perspective and perhaps want to reach out to you or those who are involved in that in that typical approach but are noticing some of the effects that you talk about that you know that actually doesn't feel sustainable anymore um, or might want to uh, learn how they can get in touch with you and and perhaps work with you get some support around this different approach um how, how can they do that i would love 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 it i and i will say too i just love starting the conversation there's so much power in just having the conversation so the website is one of the easier ways it's www.ahealthfullife.org or my instagram handle which is at lisa Peronzo, and they both link back to one another so if you go, if you can remember one or you click on the show notes for one, it will go back to the other and you'll be totally fine. And I think I said this on the first podcast, but I will offer it again. If someone is interested in coaching with me and they mentioned that they heard us talk, I will give them a discount on coaching. Lovely. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank and, you. Yeah. And I also want to mention that listeners know that if you want to learn more about what's on offer at the Womb Centered Healing Temple, including the upcoming Biomystical Womb 13 month apprenticeship program, um, I encourage you to visit wombcenteredhealing.com and learn more about it. And you can certainly reach out to me through whatever uh, platform you're listening to this podcast on as well. So thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. Thank you, Lisa. That's thank all you. for now. Until next time.